Arevces, Urachem Vort Miatselek Metsagrim, Yesaspet Tavit Metzorienem, Tif Meg Ararat Talijits. Welcome to Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast. I'm Aspet David Metzorian of Ararat Lodge Number One in Boston. Can you believe it? It's been exactly one year since the COVID pandemic began changing all of our lives here in the United States. But the lives of our brothers and sisters in Armenia have also changed. For in addition to COVID, the past 12 months also brought war to their doorsteps, the effects of which will be felt for a long time to come. Yet even as we now welcome spring and with it warmer and longer days, we also see signs of progress, optimism, and yes, hope in our homeland. As restrictions since last March have made travel to Armenia difficult, most of us have not had the blessing of visiting Armenia for some time. Spotabed Tikran Sahakian's last trip to Armenia had been in December of 2019, that is, until this month. He's just returned from the homeland where he checked on the status of projects from Yerevan to Tavush, met with educators, and talked to folks of all ages. Spotabed Tikran Sahakian of Mamegonian Lodge is joining me tonight from Brooklyn, New York. Welcome back, Spotabed. Good to have you here on Talking Vartan. Hey, David. First of all, thank you for this podcast. The biggest change, well, last time I was there, last in 2019, December, that was a time where people didn't know, most of us didn't know what the COVID word meant. Yes, there was a war, but it was not an active war. It was shootings here and there. So a lot changed since I was in Armenia, December of 2019. However, since um, I'm uh, actively involved in Armenian matters, I have been following and actively involved in, uh, you know, in anything uh, related to the war or helping Armenia, as you know. So tell you the truth, when I went there, I was expecting more of a sad and uh, after war condition and the and the mental state of the people. At least that's what I we were seeing on the news, the political unrest and everybody's. Uh, so, but to tell you the truth, and I think it's because it's human nature. It was not that. It was not that. The stores were fully, fully full. There was no parking in the streets. Construction is unbelievably booming, unbelievably booming. More than you thought it would be. He was totally the opposite of what I thought. I'll tell you this. they One of my friends invited me to this book signing event at the Opera House. And then after that, there was a, like a symphony program. There were no seats at the Opera House, fully booked. I've never seen the Opera House so full, okay? I think that's because, number one, humans tend to forget, adjust. But I think it's more because this was not a first-time thing for Armenians. You look at the history of Armenians, it's always wars, and then, you know, like William Sarian said, see if they can, you know, burn their churches, whatever, see if they will not sing, laugh, and, you know, and um, since when two of them meet anywhere in the world, see if they will not create new Armenia. A new Armenia, but yeah. But trying to say that Armenians are very quickly adjusting, very quickly figuring out the current state. Yes, we were hit. Yes, we were slapped. Yes, we were hit in the back by the knife. We fell down. But really what matters is what you what you do after you fall down, when you stand up. What do you do next, you know? And I think that in that sense, Armenians are pretty much experienced. You know, we have fallen down many times. Yes, something very bad happened to us. How are they dealing with COVID over there? 
Well, I'm going to answer that with a joke. I, I, I don't think they know that there is pandemic in Armenia. The streets, in the streets, nobody wears. In the stores, you know, like if, you, if you're in the center of the city, some, you know, you can see half of the people wear masks, but in the suburbs or in a different smaller towns and stuff, like because I do, you know, you know, I do donations in schools and stuff outside of Yerevan, they don't wear too much of, you know, they don't care about it. But as somebody who's living here now, I know you were originally from Armenia and you've seen mm-hmm. here, especially in the New York City area, what an effect the COVID pandemic has had. Was that troubling for you to see that? Well, it was in the beginning, but then I think they, well, I had COVID. So for me, you know, I have very high uh, anti-antibodies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But well, I had my mask, I took my mask, I took my everything, but then nobody's wearing, even the at the airport, half of the um, staff were not wearing. So basically I would say it this way, if you want to wear it, you wear it. If you don't, nobody's going to give you a hard time. That's how this is. That's how I imagined. Now, what were your reasons for going there? I know that you're involved in a number of different projects, many of them education related. And for those of our members, I think we should state out at the very beginning here who may not know, Armenia is your home. You are from there. And some of the projects that you are involved in are in areas that you know very, very well because you grew up there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I had a, I have uh, the reason for me, you know, for my trip was partly the, the service that I do. And also I first time I decided to do business in Armenia, the uh, the Americana project. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little bit about it. So I do eight schools in Tabush region. I do I sponsor after school programs for kids not to go home but stay at school and then uh, eat and then do their homework and do some activities. And then I also started doing the same thing at my school, at the 102nd school in Yerevan. Did you attend that school? I attended 102nd school in Yerevan. So mm-hmm. I renovated the entire third floor and in the summer I'll do the second floor and then maybe in another three, four months I'll do the first floor and I'll finish with my school. We did a very good job. That's capital. That's full renovation, meaning like plumbing, electrical, new furniture, new everything. It's like a, you, you go from a second floor to a third floor. It's like from 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 a third world country, you're in America. Like literally, like very good job, my friend Khachik did uh, for the as, as far as the construction. How old is uh, the school itself? How far back does the school so go? The school was built in 1967, and actually the windows were from 1967. Okay. The windows and doors uh, were from 1967. And much of what you're doing over there, not all, but a good amount of it, deals with schools, with improving the quality of the schools over there. Tell me why that means so much to you personally to want to be involved in that. Um, David, now, now you're going into psychological parts. <laughs> <laughs> what is in your heart that makes you want to do this? Well, because, um, uh, well, I think the, f- the kids are our future. That's number one. I don't do anything for anybody over 20, 25 years old because you know, that's what I concentrate, just kids. Number two, you know, I grew up, you know, in that kind of, in that kind of environment where the restrooms don't work. So actually during my time, I think they would they were still working in the in the schools, but now it is unbelievable. So I can't bear the thought that some kid who is like me, but 20 years later, it doesn't matter. It's Armenia or anywhere else. It just that happened to be that I'm Armenian. I can't bear the thought that a kid could see what I seen. You know, 
that's the reason that I do for kids. But I don't do for adults. And the reason that I don't do for the adults, because I think the only way that the country can get out of the uh, mess that is in, it's not the uh, uh, neighbors. It's not the uh, uh, it's not the enemies. It's the people itself. My father is still asking me, how much is your government salary? In his mind, the government gives me money because mm -hmm. they were, you know, in Soviet Union, that's what it was. You know, you weren't able to be a businessman. A government had to decide your salary. Spadabed, does your father live here in the States or is he still living in Armenia? No, he lives in Armenia, but he travels, you know, twice a year just to hang out with his grandkids and then goes back. What a great idea. <laughs> yeah. I know that you spent a great deal of your time, as you know, my parents have done uh, over the last, my God, 30 plus years. Yeah. You were you spent a lot of time in the Tavush province of Armenia, the northern border region. And uh, tell me what that area has, has been like and, and how it has been affected by everything that's happened in this past year. I've spoken with Der Aram Mizorian, a mutual friend of ours, uh, and uh, he was describing what was going on during the war itself. You've now had a chance to visit there in the months afterwards. What is it like there now? First of all, Jack, your father, I call those people the unnoticed people, the unnoticeable people, or maybe the unnoticed people. Those are the ones that did things and nobody should know about it, you know? So your father did a lot there. And so as many uh, organizations do it. So I think Tavush was not as badly damaged as uh, Bukharabagh and, uh, you know, Artsakh and the other regions. Right. But they sent a lot of soldiers there. And unfortunately, those kids, you know, it was not it was not supposed to be that way, I think. But Father Aram was also in uh, in Shushi during the war. What I, This is what I understand. Uh, when you spoke to him, you had a chance to see him on this most recent trip uh, from which you've just returned. How are his spirits and the spirits of the children and the people of Bert and Tavush region from what you were able to see? The spirits of the children, to tell you the truth, are will, will be the same and are the same as our spirits. After the war, I called him and he was very, very, like, really down. And I told him, Father Aram, go get eight schools. We're going to start new. What we lost, our kids will bring back. Let's focus on that. Okay. And now he's, he was very, he, he came to my school, 102nd school with the eight um, principals of the schools that I'm sponsoring the after school program. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a mutual uh, discussion as to what benefits and what good, what bad parts of the program so that we can implement the same at my school. And all these teach all these principles there were very um, uplifted by the fact that there that something new is coming. And to tell you the truth, I noticed in generally in the public news is not showing that, and I don't like it. But generally speaking, people are looking for okay, war is over. That's it. No more war. What's next? You know. It's a good question. And that's what we need to help them. Yes, that's what what's next. That's what we help them need to help them overcome because otherwise they're going to go and they're going to leave. And now that's the biggest, biggest issue of Armenians today. What's next? And we as diaspora have to do everything in our power to make the snowball go the good way, not the bad way. 
what I'm saying is that if one person says there's nothing next, I'm leaving, and then not, I'm leaving, and then and then everybody starts leaving, everything is gonna start collapsing. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, and what I actually saw, because there's not gonna be any more war, I don't think there's gonna be any more war. To tell you the truth, even though the news is saying something else, but I think there's not gonna be any more war. Russians are there. That's it. They they took over everything. To tell you the truth, that's what I think. I think now the everything is going to be booming big time and we need to help i'll tell you an example i'm building the americana project in americana homeowners association where i bought the land next to it there's already somebody building a big super mall okay okay the lands in that area already tripled in price just because one small ho not small i mean it's a big hoa but uh that's if you imagine if you have hundreds of those kind of things, the snowball will go the good the, the way that we want to go. Right. Everything will start piling up. The, the the house will be built, not collapsed. Okay. Another thing that we don't we didn't notice, and nobody's talking about that. Look, we had the worst pandemic in I don't know if it's in the history or not, but we had the worst pandemic and we had the worst war, the, the worst losing war. We lost big time, right. okay? Mm-hmm. Why didn't the economy go down even a little bit? Why didn't the dollar, I mean, the Armenian drum, Armenian drum went down just a little bit. It didn't collapse. The banking system in Armenia is perfect. It's, it's so good. Nobody's talking about that. What do, you attribute to, what do you attribute to that, the fact that it is still so robust? Even after because, everything that's yeah, happened. Well, in, in post-Soviet Union republics, everybody knows, not only Armenians, all the Armenian banking system, if not the most solid banking system of, for the, from the, you know, in the post-Soviet Union, but one of the best solid, you know, systems. The banking system did not collapse, okay? The, the Armenian drum did not collapse, okay? And also look at another thing. A lot of new businesses are opening up. The buildings are not even built. Foundation is there. All the apartments are already pre-sold. So maybe this was a chance. I'm from Arabah. You have to understand. I'm Arabahzi. So my heart bleeds than anybody else's that I know. Okay? And I have done a lot during the war, before the war, and after the war. But maybe this was a wake-up call for us. And maybe this was a chance to say, okay, whatever happened, happened. Let's focus on the kids. Let's focus on the uh, the new. Let's start new. We fell down. We were beat up. We fell down, but we stand up. Let's go forward. Okay? Spadabed Tikran, let me ask you a question. You may not be able to answer this, but based on your experience, your time there, and the people that you know there, if you could look ahead six months to a year from now, what do you see the state of Armenia being? From now? Yes. I think the economy will be triple booming. I think the everywhere there is building going on, businesses are opening up, okay? I think everything will be booming. I think if you want a healthy, meaningful life, a lot of elderly Armenians will move back there because there is no danger of war anymore. The banks are giving 10 or 11 percent, what do you call it? interest? Interest, yeah. Yes. If you put in dollar, give you 5 to 6 percent. If you put in Armenian drums, 
they give you 10 to 11 percent. And I'm talking about solid banks, right. not a banks that will close down and run away. OK, so if you have a few hundred thousand dollars, you buy your house, you put the money in the bank, that's it. Where are you going to get 10, 11 percent return? Good question. Where do you know? Do you know any business? Unless you do a risky business, but with no risk, no. very little risk, uh, you, you put your money. I have a friend actually here. It's not. I. I. I have, he, he owns a store here in Brooklyn. He has his money in there, and with an interest, he's uh, he survives in America with that interest from Armenia. <laughs> so you know when you, when you're in buy when you're in a rock bottom. The only place that you can go is up. I think this is the exact situation with Armenia now. The only way this is going to go is up. Do you think and this Armenians is a year? are very good at that. Sorry. Go ahead. That, no, that's quite all right. Please. Yes. Do you see this then as the year when people should resume or begin, if they haven't done so yet, investing in Armenia, in Armenian businesses, in hotels, real estate, and everything else that the country has to offer? I have been in businesses here in America the last 20 years. Doing business requires a little bit, at least a little bit of risk taking. Okay. Mm -hmm. With my observations, and you can see in my proof that the first time the last 20 years, I said I've been doing uh, donations many years, but to do business in Armenia, I decided to do last year. Okay. First time. Well, in 2019. And I, when I, you know, and now it's everything is different. There's no bribes anymore. Okay. No phone calls. None of that works now. If you know how to do business, it's the best place to do business. Taxes are very slow, very low, number one. I can say, I can complain about the fact that some of the departments, in my case, let's say the Department of Building, were not that trained, well, well trained, young, well trained. And I had to yell at them and, you know, teach them a little bit this and that. But they're changing that, too. They understand that without investments, their economy will not go up. OK, of course. So everything is changing. I think it's a very safe place to, to do investments and uh, to make good money there. Let's talk for a moment about our brothers and sisters and the knights and daughters of Vartan and what we can be doing here on this side of the Atlantic to make things better. What are the practical things that we can begin to do to help our brothers and sisters in our homeland? Educate, showing them the American way, okay? Showing them that the way that the mentality of Soviet Union was a little bit different, the mental and that's that's what still goes on, you know, the American the mentality of Soviet Union was Mine, as long as mine is okay, outside of my door is not mine. The government should take care of it. That was the mentality. That's why you see a huge, nice house. And then right outside of the door, it's everything is broken. Okay? The sidewalk is broken. Everything is not. So you need to educate them. That's not it. You need to think a little bit community-wise. You need to think a little bit um, that it's... Is it better to live in a great house in the worst neighborhood or in a good in a bad in a bad house in the best neighborhood? What do you choose? If you live in a very good house in the worst neighborhood, your house will be, you know, 
will be either burn, you know, either it, your house will not be as good and you will not want to live in that neighborhood. So why do you need a good house in a bad neighborhood? Mm-hmm. You need to try to make it your house and the neighborhood in the same level. That's what has to be changed. And that's the American way. You know, Americans donate more than, I think, 53% of the total world's donations, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Armenian mentality doesn't have that. Not, um, I mean, Armenian in Armenia mentality. Armenian mentality has like only me. Let me let me be okay, and I'm okay. You know, the Armenians and also the envy and stuff. That's also from the Soviet Union. It used they they have a joke. Oh, my business is not good, and my neighbor bought a Mercedes on top of it. Like as if like if my business not good, my neighbor should not be good too. It, it cannot be that way. It cannot continue this way anymore. It has to be every Armenian has to stand up in the morning and wake up in the morning and say, what did I do for Armenians today? If you do that in a quick time, everything will turn around towards our benefit. I think there will not be any more war. And even if there is, we will be better prepared because we will be stronger by helping each other, not by just thinking ourselves. So the Western Armenians should educate them, should show them that this is how it should be, not the old way. And the Western Armenians are good at that because when I came here, I saw those Knights of Vartan people working at Times Square and then disappearing when the event starts. You know, Harant and Sam and, you know, all these guys, Ohanes, Miran, who are these crazy guys? Why are they doing it all this? And nobody knows that they're doing this thing for, not for them. They don't make money off of that. They don't, they don't, they don't understand. They're saying, oh, so you have a benefit. Why you do that? They don't understand that giving back is something that should be part of our, uh, you know, livelihood. And Americans are good at that. Armenians in Armenia are not. Let's talk for a minute about uh, what we all hope will be our next Vera Tatsaydenik visit to Armenia. It is right now on the calendar for this September. I know you've been very instrumental in organizing all of them. This will be number five because, of course, we didn't uh, go this past year in 2020. Given everything that's happened, Spadabit Tikran, what is it that you hope our brothers and sisters and myself, because I'll be going as well, in fact, hopefully by then that'll be my second trip of the year, but for those who will be going... What is it you hope they will get out of this particular trip? And what is it that you hope that they will see and appreciate all the more? Our trip this year will be uh, from September 18 to September 26. We already booked double as much rooms at Marriott Hotel. You know, we, we booked 40 rooms. It used to be 20, 30 rooms. Now we booked 40 rooms. So the link is already available. Avax Parapet will send out the link to everybody. I urge everybody to res- make reservations this mm. year's September. Yeah, I hope, you you know, the, those people that come will be already vaccinated. And I think it's going to be a wonderful trip. The, a few days ago, I was standing in front of the uh, in church and um, Serpazan Vazgen is telling me, well, it's telling my guests, I had a few guests, businessmen from Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and he's telling them that this is the first church ever built in the world. And we went to Ejmiadzin a few times with Knights of Vartan, but we never went with that perspective. We went to see a church. We went to a, a restaurant. We went to a museum. But this one will be a totally different. We will be going and looking at the first church in the world. Okay. Indeed. 
we're going to be looking at the museum, which we never had a chance to go, but Sirpazan Vazgen promised me that this year he will take us downstairs. We will be seeing items of ancient items that, that are the first and they are, that are not, there, there's nothing like that in the world. We will be going to a restaurant that I went um, uh, in Ejmiadzin. It was not just going to a restaurant. I really never had that kind of a meal or that kind of an environment in my life. Really? Is, the food was unbelievably good. I didn't know those things. Now, now this will be a totally different trip. You will see. Oh, you're making my mouth water just thinking about that part yeah. of it. But well, yeah. Right now, my mouth is also watering. I can't believe I didn't know about those places. This one that my friend took me, he was raised in Ejmiadzin, and he took me and Sirpazan and all that. They knew that place, but we didn't know. We went to like touristic restaurants and stuff where the food, yes, it's much better, but it's not that one. This one, I said, oh, my God, how come I never knew about this place? And I never had my Knights of Vartan friends come to this place. Now we're going to book the entire place for just for us on Sunday, September 18th. Oh, how wonderful will that be? That'll, that's wonderful. And uh, by the way, we should just mention, I think some of our members, in fact, most of them may already know this, but uh, you mentioned the Armenia Marriott Hotel that is also now the new location for the Knights of Vartan office. And uh, I saw a picture of you. You had actually had a chance to go in there and see it yourself. Yeah, and actually, I was the first the first guest over there. How about that? Congratulations! <laughs> I was with I was with a, f- a few friends. So, but I said, hold on, let me sign in the first one so that I'm officially the first one in this office. Well, Gohar was very uh, was nice enough to to welcome me in the office. Uh, we have a very nice office there. It's at Marriott Hotel in the center of Yerevan. I would say, like in the Times Square. I, I keep calling the center of Yerevan Times Square. Even there, I was telling. Uh, my friends, oh, well, yeah, I'll see you at Times Square, thinking, you know, the Republic Square. Speaking of oh. Times Square, Spotabed, what is the situation with regards to a Times Square commemoration? Will there be one this year in any form or fashion on April 24th or near April 24th? Yes. So we applied for the permit. The city allows uh, 40 people in Times Square. So we applied for a 40 people, t- 40 people uh, permit. Uh, the permit is in process. We sent out all the paperwork. How we see it is, I think, 40 people is just our our Knights of Artan members. So we're not going to allow any guests. We're going to put up the signs and everything. We're going to have uh, online... Uh, so it will be live streamed? Live streamed, yes. Okay. Uh, the senators and the, you know all the uh, speakers will be online. But we will be at Times Square with a sign and everything. Just us. Just our 40 people. And what is the date for that? April 25th is the year. That was the date. The date, okay. Hopefully in 2022, we'll we'll all be back there as one large group. It will be fully open. Yeah, I think most of the people will be vaccinated by the end of this year. I think 2022 will be much, much better. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to my visit late this spring and then in September. So it'll, it'll be a lot to look forward to. But thank you for taking the time to speak with us today for the Talking Vartan podcast. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Sparabed Tikran. We look forward to seeing you hopefully very soon. I know that there's no uh, summer grand convocation in California, but uh, hopefully we'll all be seeing one another in Armenia itself this September. Thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you very much.
My special thanks to Spotabed Tikran Sahakian from Mamagonian Lodge in Brooklyn, New York, just back from his first trip to Armenia in 16 months. As you heard from Spotabed Tikran, our fifth return to the homeland, Veratat's Haidenik number five, is finally on the calendar. The dates are September the 18th through the 26th, although you want to get there at least a day early and stay an extra day or two or longer, if you so desire. The full itinerary is still being put together, but we will be visiting the locales of some of our Knights and Daughters of Vartan projects that are underway in Armenia. We'll meet with government officials as well as leaders of the Armenian church, and most importantly, we'll get to meet and talk with the men, women, and children of Armenia and Artsakh, letting them know that we are there for them. Just ask any knight or daughter of Vartan who has been on one of these trips, and they'll tell you it is an unforgettable experience, and one that you will share with your fraternal brothers and sisters. There will also be plenty of time to relax, don't worry. We'll have lots of fun, whether it be sightseeing, shopping, dancing, or enjoying a great Armenian meal with friends. We'll be staying at a reduced rate, by the way, at the beautiful Armenia Marriott Hotel in Yerevan's Republic Square. The Knights and Daughters of Vartan have already secured rooms at the Marriott for the event, and as I said a moment ago, they'll be at a special discounted price for Knights and Daughters of Vartan members. Our Avak Spadabed and our communications liaison will have more detail on that very shortly, if it in fact has not already been announced by the time you hear this podcast. You'll simply go to our website at kofv.org, where you'll be able to reserve your room at the Marriott at the special Knights and Daughters of Vartan reduced rate. As I said, all the information on hotel reservations at the Marriott will be available, so make sure to check that out and book your flight to Yerevan. I've already done so, and I can't wait, as this is going to be my first Veratats Haidenik with my fellow knights and daughters. If you can, arrive a few days early or stay a few days later and have even more time to enjoy in Armenia. That's what I'm going to do. And by the way, the weather in Armenia in September is fabulous. Warm, but not uncomfortably hot. Great weather to be outdoors. Veratats Haidenik number five this fall. I Septemberin, Gahandi Penk, Ayastanu. In many of the cities where our lodges and otyags are located, there would normally be ceremonies in late April to mark the anniversary of the Armenian Genocide. As they were last year, such commemorations will for the most part be online. Check with your Spadabed, Didui, local Armenian church, as well as local and state government offices to see where and when genocide commemorations will be online in your area. For the latest Knights and Daughters of Vartan information, make sure to read the newsletters from our communications office and always check out our many online resources, such as our website at kofv.org and our many social media resources, beginning with the Knights and Daughters of Vartan Facebook page. There's also Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Oh yeah, we're everywhere. Last but certainly not least, our digital and print publication, Avadite. Our media resources are all managed by our dedicated liaison in Armenia, Kohan Palyan, and you can reach our liaison directly at knightsofvartan at gmail.com. And I hope you'll also reach out to me with any comments, questions, or suggestions for the Talking Vartan podcast. I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me directly at talkingvartanpodcast at gmail.com or through the Talking Vartan Facebook page. 
I hope you'll join me in April for our 29th podcast episode. As we do each year, we will remember the victims of the first genocide of the 20th century, as well as those who survived that genocide and went on to build new lives and new Armenian communities throughout the world. We'll remember them with words and music. Special thanks, as always, to Mal Barsamian for our theme music, Lorki Lorki, from his album, One Take, Armenian Dance Songs. Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast is the exclusive property of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan and Asped David Mizori. Any use of this program without the expressed written permission of both parties is prohibited. It was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who said, Everybody can be great because everybody can serve. Thank you for your service to the Knights and Daughters of Vartan. I'm Asped David Mizori, Navarat Lodge Number 1 in Boston. Shnoragalem, Sireli Paregamne. Thank you.